Hey there, friends. My name is Max Critchfield. I'm the pastor of College Age Community here at Three Crosses. This podcast exists for the purpose of helping young people flourish in life and faith. In this season of the Praxis Podcast, we are talking about discerning decisions, seeking guidance as it applies to making choices, large and small, as faithful followers of Jesus. We selected this topic for the Praxis Podcast because, especially for young adults, there are a lot of big questions that need discerning. Uh, Do I go to this school or that school? Do I get into this relationship or end it? Do I attend this church or that church? Just so many questions, so many big things. And so how do we walk through those decisions um, and discern kind of the next right step in our walk with the Lord? We're getting into those questions and many more in this season, and we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, as I have been throughout this season, I am joined today for this conversation by my friend, Patty Crone. Say hi, Patty. Hello. Patty is the Director of Care and Equipping here at Three Crosses, and we're blessed to have her with us as we dive into these exciting topics. Today, we're going to be getting into kind of the toolbox of discernment. I know if you're listening, maybe this is what you've been waiting for. And it's like, okay, get to the get to the discerning stuff, okay? Um, and so today, we're starting to get into um, kind of the tools in the toolbox of, okay, I'm facing a big decision. How do I start to put it together? But before we get there, we have the moment that we know you all were waiting for, and that's the precious moment. I know it's the moment I've been waiting for. (laughs) Something in recent memory that brings a smile to your face, something that's sparking joy for you at this time. Um, And since I made Patty go first last time, I'll go first this time. Thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) Now I have more time to think. (laughs) I think for me, my precious moment is kind of attached to a solemn moment. Um, Recently here at the church, we had a memorial service. Um, We have several memorial services here at the church, you know, and members of the community, uh, church family. But we had one for a police officer that was slain in the line of duty um, a while back here. And uh, it was a very, it was a significant day. There were thousands of people here um, from all around the country, uh, members of our community. And... um, member of the Oakland Police Department and uh, a person who's kind of a high-ranking officer at the police department is a uh, faithful member of our church and we kind of coordinated it so that we could kind of host and show hospitality and God's love to the uh, their community at this time and it was an incredible you know it was a powerful day um, an intense day and um, so that was kind of the, the solemn moment but in that the precious moment was uh, you know I'm sure maybe if you're out there Maybe you're listening and you don't even have a Facebook, but, um, you know, I'm of an area, you know, when I was in college, that's when Facebook was invented. Man, you're old. (laughs) I'm ancient. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I was when Facebook came out. (laughs) Anybody say MySpace? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I I had a MySpace. But uh, anyway, so I have a Facebook and I've, I've been a youth pastor for many years and I've had just classes of students. You know, I watched sixth graders graduate high school, you know, after just being in ministry for a number of years. And I knew that one of my former youth kids was now an Oakland police officer. Oh, wow. And I I think I met this, um, I met him when I was, maybe he was like 13, 14 years old. That makes um, it personal. Wow. Yeah. He was like a part of my, I took him on missions trips. I Hmm. took him to winter camps. Hmm. You know, he was a part of a small group that I led for years and just invested in him. And then, you know, you kind of, there's people that you, 
you, you lose track of over time, but you do see their little updates of like, and I saw mm-hmm. he was in the Academy, he got this job. And so I looked in like my messages. I hadn't talked to this person for years and years, mm-hmm. but I just said, Hey, you know, I, I know the memorial's happening. I don't know if you know, but I, I work up here at the church. And if you're here, I'd love to see you. Oh, wow. And he immediately responded back. He said, yeah, I was actually thinking about you. I'd love to see you tomorrow. Um, and so kind of after the service concluded, I, um, was just kind of milling around and I found him mm. and I was able to, uh, just catch up with him. And, uh, now he's I mean, probably almost 30 years old. He's been working now, I think for two years mm. as an Oakland police officer, someone who's passionate about his community. And, mm. um, so I got to just kind of give him a hug and, and see him. And I, I pulled up some, you know, ancient photos from when mm-hmm. he was 14 and him and I together and mm. kind of transposed that with, uh, you know, juxtaposed it with this photo of he and I, and, uh, just to, I tell people sometimes that youth ministry can be hard because yeah. you don't see the fruit of the seeds that you're planting. You know, mm-hmm. you're saying, is this worth it? Do these kids care. I mean, they're like mm-hmm. jumping off the walls while I'm trying to pray. You know, I spent all this time preparing this Bible mm-hmm. study and no one's listening, you know, <laughs> yeah. it can be tough. And, um, you know, I just, I received those moments just as a gift from the Lord as a, just a reminder of, I was just talking with somebody else about this, that scripture, you know, that um, some planted, you know, Paul talking, I planted, a, a Apollos mm-hmm. watered, but God caused mm-hmm. the growth, you know, and just seeing God growing uh, people who I just maybe had a small part in being a oh. part of their life for a, a season of time and seeing how they've grown and what they've done is a deep joy. So uh, that's my precious moment for today. Pretty cool. Gosh, I feel like mine's kind of on the silly side. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. Because you stole mine. I, no, yeah. it was it was a phenomenal moment to be here. I've only been on staff four months, so this is new for me to be here in the East Bay. Of course, I was from Central California, so you hear about the Oakland police and had some personal connections to when the four officers were were uh, slain in the light of light of duty uh, many years back. Um, but it was it was really powerful sobering and beautiful mm-hmm. to watch just the outpouring. So I would say that mine, we recently, because we have recently relocated all of our kids, we have one who lives with us who's severely disabled. So we are full-time caregivers for her, but our kids range 25 to 34. And we had all of them in our home and the the two that are married, their spouses and the one that has littles. Um, so it was a lot of people in one house. So we had this great gift um, of having two of our grands, a five and seven-year-old, uh, sleeping in our room with us on an air mattress. And what sparked so much joy was listening mm-hmm. to them giggle. Aww. I knew we were supposed to be telling them to go to sleep, but we literally could not do it because they <laughs> would just giggle because they were getting to sleep together in a little air mattress. They were Their giggles were just, and they got the escalated, escalated, and they were getting really loud. And we're like, we don't want your parents to hear because we love this. So we had so much fun. And then in the mornings, they would jump up and jump in our bed with us and then giggle with us. And Mm. it was just, it was such a, it's a good word for precious. And and maybe in a sense, that's the beautiful part of your precious moment and mine is um, a time for joy and a time for mourning and a time for laughter Mm. and um, just the beauty of God in both the sober and um, and the delight. But yeah, that was... That was sparked a ton of joy. Um, little giggles. It just it gives you a lot of hope about life and um, 
take, not taking yourself so seriously and not taking life so seriously and to watch for those moments where there's just the delight of a child laughing, you know, it was good. My soul needed it. Mm. It was good for the soul. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a great word of like, there's a time and place for everything. And it's not like, oh, mine's trivial and yours is significant. You know, everything that's good is a gift. It all speaks to his beauty, doesn't it? Yeah. Amen. Well, the moment maybe you've all been waiting for is... I know it's the moment I've been waiting for. (laughs) We're getting down to business. Let's do it. Of like, okay, I got a decision I'm thinking about. Um, How do I start tackling Mm -hmm. this thing? How do I start building this? You know, I just, I'm not sure where to begin, what Mm -hmm. to do. And so I I would say that in the next several weeks, I wouldn't say there's necessarily an order, you know, to what Mm -hmm. we're talking about. I would say that what we're saying today is pretty primary, Mm -hmm. you know, for beginning uh, a a process of discerning a decision. Um, But we're just going to kind of be sharing one by one. And I think what you're looking for is just as more and more of them start aligning, Mm -hmm. you know, and what I'm gathering from this tool, this place, this place, this place, I'm starting to feel, and there's there's an agreement, there's a consensus that's emerging, that's giving me confidence, it's giving me courage, Mm -hmm. even if it's a consensus that's pointing me to something scary, you know, like we talked about in the last episode. And and so that's what we're going to start to get into. So I'm excited to uh, just talk about the nuts and bolts of making decisions as we're shepherded Mm -hmm. by the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Just under his care, his guidance, the promise of his spirit to be empowering us, emboldening us. Um, how do we go about it? And some of this stuff is going to sound intuitive, you know, but I think that I, I'm a fan of just laying things out um, logically, you know, and just yeah. in, a, in a way that makes sense that I can follow. And so that's basically what we're going to be aiming to do for you, the listener, and exploring maybe some nooks and crannies, some mm-hmm. different facets of what might seem natural or common sense. Um, when kind of name it. Yeah. Naming it helps, helps you remember. When it comes to decision making. So we're just talking today about gathering information. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of at the very outset of a decision, what are taking that initial survey of what's out there? And maybe when we talk about, okay, how do you make a decision? Some people would just talk about like a list of pros Mm -hmm. and cons. And that's maybe the most well-known or obvious mm-hmm. of like the gathering information is like, okay, what are the positives yeah. that I, from my point of view right mm-hmm. now, that mm-hmm. I can see for this decision? What are the negatives, mm-hmm. right? So that is an example of gathering information mm-hmm. for a decision, but there's a lot more to it than sure. that. So um, <clears throat> I guess what we're going to talk about is maybe just what's going to frame the rest of our time is three categories of information that we might be looking for, you know, to kind of fill in some of the blanks Mm -hmm. on as we're coming to a decision that requires more thought, more prayer, more Mm -hmm. consideration. And so let's just maybe start with the first of those. And um, this is probably a word that I don't use very often. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) The second word I I do use more often, but this one is intrapersonal. You might need to spell it. I-N-T-R-E. A. A. So that might mm-hmm. sound like interpersonal, which is our second word. Right. Don't get and, them confused. Yeah. So interpersonal is like, One okay, has an A, one has an E. I get that. But intrapersonal mm-hmm. Intra. is information from within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if interpersonal is, is relationship, you know, it's kind of 
from within the connections we have with other people. But intrapersonal mm-hmm. is information that resides within me. Yeah. So when we're talking about intrapersonal information gathering, Patty, what are we talking about? What are some examples? Oh, I love it. I, you know, I don't know that this is something I'd even thought about much um, until more recent years, but this idea that, again, we just talked about the whole role of the Holy Spirit, that within ourselves, we, we are experiencing maybe anxiety choice. We're, we're experiencing this, I, this, this crossroads, this decision we need to make. And so internally, we're wanting to pay attention to, you know, what are my preferences? What are, what are my fears? What are my desires? Um, what, are my, what about my own um, sense of, I, I call this being an embodied soul. So we are embodied yeah. souls. And I think for so long as a Christian, I was kind of trained to, to separate my body from my soul, um, mm-hmm. which actually is very unbiblical. Um, our body is a gift that helps us discern. So if I'm feeling mm-hmm. pressure in my chest, if I'm feeling weight on my shoulders, if my heart is racing, um, it's telling me something about my soul and it's asking for attention to the soul. And same with the soul. When the soul is hurting, you feel it in the body. So the intrapersonal, I think, is so cool in... You know what's happening in my gut. Um, what am I? What emotions are coming up when I think about this decision? Um, and also, is this decision going to honor my body coming coming to this particular role at Three Crosses? You know, I'm approaching sixty, and I had somebody say, "Well, shouldn't you be winding down instead of winding Ooh. up?" And I was like, "No, I've <laughs> got good yourself. enough health. I think my health is good." So yeah, just Dang. kind of paying attention to what is my human capacity and. And, um, and then what are, again, part of the move to here, what are economic resources? Is this something we can do? Um, so yeah, just paying attention to your, your physical body, your humanness as part of the decision making. So your, your, you could call it mental health, spiritual health and physical health. What, what is, and that doesn't mean you're going to say no, just because it's going to be hard on your body. It just means it's something you want to discern. You want to have that discernment process. In fact, I was thinking about this. Total side note, you can edit me if you don't like this, but I was thinking from now on, when you were talking about pros and cons, I think I want to start doing good, bad, and hard. Hmm. Because I think we tend to, with pros and cons, have here's all the good things that can come and here's all the not good things. But hard is a whole nother category that is morally neutral and I think for our discerning process in the intrapersonal, it's like, okay, this may be hard, but it's not bad. Yeah. This may be good, but it's going to be hard. And what if you had all those categories and then you had good... Anyway, sorry, mm. side note. Anyway, so very too long of an answer to your question. Intrapersonal within me. Within me, what's happening as I think about that decision? Yeah, I really like this one a lot because I think sometimes in the process of Christian decision-making, the intrapersonal is totally often neglected, neglected, minimized, yep. sometimes even vilified, we yes, might say. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, we, I think a lot of times, whew, okay, there's a little soapbox. Can I do that? I guess I'm Go. in charge it's of your this podcast. podcast. So they can turn down the okay, volume. Okay, there's this song. It's called Firm Foundation. Actually, okay, no, it's, it's, not, it's not Firm Foundation. Oh, it's something else. Okay, the song I'm thinking of is Christ Be Magnified. Oh, okay. Oh, so then I would Christ have known. Be Magnified. Let His praise in the, arise. In the altar of my life. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's a song. It's meaningful for me personally. Like there was a 
Hmm. friend of mine who passed away from cancer asked mm. me to sing it at his funeral. And oh, I was just like, wow. oh my gosh, you know, it like, it'll it wrecks, change a song forever. It wrecks me whenever mm. I sing it. Whenever mm. I especially get to the bridge, I won't bow to idols, I stand strong mm. and worship. Mm. is like, I used to just mm. lose it. But there's a line in the bridge that bugs me a little bit. Mm. Um, and I, I sing it because I understand what it's saying mm-hmm. in one sense, but it says, it says, I won't be formed by feelings. Oh, go. You I'll go. I'll hold fast to what is true. Oh, I think this is one of my pet peeves and, too. And um, every time I sing that, I just, I twitch a little bit mm. because I think that's kind of underscoring yep. maybe this historic evangelical idea mm-hmm. that feelings should be ignored. Emotion, bad. Emotion thinking, should not good. be trusted, mm-hmm. you know, and often As if we can trust our thinking, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes that scripture, you know, the heart is mm-hmm. deceptively, oh, deceitfully yeah. wicked above all else. And unfortunately, I mean, I know you've talked at times about this, Patty, about the weaponization of scripture, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. used to coerce mm-hmm. and control. And I know that that perhaps has been a cruel weapon mm-hmm. wielded over people For to sure. suppress their preference, their dream, mm-hmm. their personhood, their emotions, their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um and so I just think... <laughs> and it's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's tragic on many levels. Mm-hmm. And it and within the scope of what we're talking about here, about decision making mm-hmm. that, and this is what I often tell people, mm-hmm. is among other things, your emotions, your emotional response to something is telling you something. Absolutely. And in fact... If we have ears to hear, the Lord mm-hmm. wants to say something to you as mm-hmm. your shepherd through what you're feeling. Absolutely. And so if we kind of buy into that idea that like my emotions, any any emotions I feel I'm just throwing in the garbage because my heart's wicked, it's deceitful, mm-hmm. my preferences mm-hmm. don't matter. I mean, it's just like, it's so much mm-hmm. that we're missing out on this vital avenue mm-hmm. through which God wants to guide us. For sure. You know, yep. and not even speaking 100%. to the emotional, spiritual, toll Mm -hmm. of kind of the fracturing of our personhood Mm -hmm. by denying, sweeping Mm -hmm. under the rug um, what we feel. You know, and I've talked with a lot of people who um, they just have a really hard time expressing their preference. Mm -hmm. They feel unholy if they have a preference. um, You know, when they're ordering food, Mm -hmm. like they really struggle to Mm -hmm. just order what they want. Yeah. Like they'll be like, well, what what, what do you want? You know, mm-hmm. and the order what, or <laughs> yeah, they'll let order you order first. Somebody else wants. Yeah. I have so someone in my life that always off. makes me order first, and she orders the exact same thing I do. I'm like, oh, that makes me so sad. Yeah, I'm just like order. And I mean, for some people, you might just ask them, "What do you want?" Yeah. And they go, "I don't even know how to answer." And that Jesus question. asked that question, yeah. "What do you want from me?" Right? Yeah. So maybe oh, a, maybe I'm people so are listening to this you. and they're just like squirming because yes. that really speaks to them. And I have, I just have a personal and pastoral heart because I've just seen a lot of people struggle, you know, and really just feel pain because when you're talking about Mm -hmm. discerning a decision, maybe it's about like your future, it's about Mm -hmm. a job. Mm -hmm. And you just ask them, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? They just kind of look at you and go, I honestly don't even know. I have to tell you, know? you st- I have to tell you a story about this, and it really connects to being a young adult. So our son was dating a gal, and it was getting very serious. It was in the era of courtship stuff, and that was going on in the church that he was attending out of state. And 
Um, so they had a pastor involved, and it was very much a date to get married kind of situation, and okay. it was kind of panicking us a little as his parents. And so we flew him and his girlfriend out immediately to meet her, and we sat with him, and everything about the decision was logic, mm. was his thinking. Well, she checks these boxes of spirituality, and yeah. she wants the same things as I want. And we asked him, are you drawn to her? Like, what is it like to be around her? There was yeah. zero chemistry. Mm. There was no connection. And he thought he wasn't allowed that. He thought that was unholy. And we're like, oh, buddy, oh, marriage is hard enough. <laughs> you don't need to not have it. And we're not saying you need to marry someone that the world thinks is beautiful, but you should have a connection to this person emotionally. And so he almost made a very large decision just with just with um, a scripture reference mm. um, and a checked box, and you know, but by bringing in the community, by then saying, "Is this what I? Is this? Is it okay for me to have a feeling yes. about this relationship?" And um, so, yeah, I think it is. It, it obviously the heart is not the ultimate. The emotion we don't want to worship our emotions. It's not the one. The one ultimate trumper of every decision, but boy, we sure need to consider it. And one of the things I've been thinking about with this heart is deceptive in Jeremiah 17 is what about all the times that Jesus talks about out of the good heart comes out of the good heart. If you, if you actually Google, like not Google, but do a search in, you know, Bible apps that says, that says good heart, you're going to see a lot of references Hmm. by Jesus and even the apostle Paul to the fact that there's goodness in our heart. Yeah. You know, and there's corruption in our thinking, right? So, why? Ugh, don't, don't even get me going. A whole nother podcast, Max. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, yeah. I wouldn't want anyone to hear, and I know that's not what you mean either, that we're saying emotions and what's going on in our body is the ultimate decision maker. We clearly see dis- disastrous decisions made based on how we feel. But man, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, we are missing an important tool. Yeah, we're gonna have two by fours that are not very secure <laughs> in our whatever we're building. And I think, I mean, I think you raise a good point. That's part of the picture of the toolbox is you don't build a complex thing with one tool. No, you know. So, but not thinking either. It, yeah, it's not just in terms of logic that we want to make a decision. Yeah, so cool. Isn't gift from God that we have both? I think that's something to undergird, kind of all of our discussions mm-hmm. is that sometimes we're pulling different tools out of the toolbox mm-hmm. for different jobs for yeah. a big job. Maybe we're using every tool, every tool we've got, but we're not building anything with one tool. No. So when we're talking about, why would we, what a um, gift, right? Coming to a consensus on a decision, any of these one tools that we're speaking about in these episodes, this wouldn't be the one thing, the only thing that you would use we're going to be pulling a couple out of our tool belt, but I think that is, I have a depth of feeling about that because I think within our faith tradition, that's a tool that often gets left at the bottom of the box and there's, we're missing an opportunity to hear from God. And I just want to say to people like, have a feeling, you know, because I think for a lot of people, they're just disconnected from themselves, Absolutely. you know, from who they are. Like, what is your dream? Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of people, they've just pushed that down and it's what other people want for me. Even if mm-hmm. they're good, godly things, you know, just 
I think if you're listening to this, for some people, you're, you're in touch with your passion, mm-hmm. your ambition, your emotion. That's fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. But I think for many people, sometimes it's maybe through our upbringing, our mm-hmm. experience, um, we've just been taught to Ignore neglect it. what we mm-hmm. want, not to listen to that voice within ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And it has to be listened to and be in conversation with our other tools. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, like, for example, obviously, if my gut, my emotion is telling me something that's contrary to the teaching and person and character of Jesus, then you're going to have to deny I'm it. I'm mishearing, right? Yeah. And so that's part mm-hmm. of the struggle as I'm coming to yeah. a decision. But for a lot of people, it's just, what's a preference? You know, what's your dream? What do you, do you, do you, do you want this? Mm-hmm. You know, but <laughs> like, I would, and that I would should say, be a factor. I would say even in that, when we're having an, uh, an, a, a thought, a feeling, a sense, a, a preference, even if that preference is something we have to choose against because of other counsel or because of God's word or because of our circumstances, the fact that we've acknowledged it, we yeah. can then grieve it and we can we can speak it and we can heal better. But when we stuff down our preferences, we have them, they're there. And when we stuff them down, then resentment builds into our relationships and our decision-making. I think so often when people talk about disappointment with God or even anger with God, oftentimes I wonder, were they unable to to identify what was happening in a particular situation and speak it to the Lord? So yeah, there's times we're going to deny ourselves, carry our cross, and follow Him. There's going to be desires that we put aside. Um, Jesus talks about counting the cost. But there's still such great value in saying, this is what I wanted and it didn't happen. And can I grieve it well and get in touch with that so that I can bring the power of the Holy Spirit into healing? Okay. So, so I know that was tangential, but it was fun. Everything's good. Everything fits, Patty. Does it fit? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're talking about Jesus. It's all yes. connected. Yeah. So do we need to move in on to the interpersonal because we've like parked here so long? Or are we going to have another another podcast for the number two? <laughs> let's, let's soldier on and see, what, see okay, how we Okay, here we go. We now we have the inter and <laughs> Yes, so I-N-T-E. we've talked about the intrapersonal. As you can see, Patty and I both have strong feelings about the intrapersonal. There's <laughs> more there. No one can accuse us of not caring about yeah. the treasure chest that is emotion. Okay, there yeah. we go. Oh, that, that's what I was going to say earlier. Before we move on, is just, yeah, whether or not our emotion leads us to a decision, the feeling we have about something, it needs to be honored, Mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise it'll fester, it'll turn into bitterness. Yep. Um, So it's not that maybe I trust it to lead me to the right thing, but it's telling me something Something. I need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's grieving it. Maybe it's it's pointing me toward something mm-hmm. else I need to do. Like, man, right. I need to I need to go back and have a conversation with this person because mm-hmm. I'm carrying a resentment that's hanging me up. Right. And if I just push my feelings aside, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get that message that like, mm-hmm. hey, there's something that the Lord has yeah. for you in this in a conversation over here. And um, so there's something there for everybody. Yeah, it's a, I had a seminary prof who talked about emotions as our treasure chest. Mm. You know. It's just so informative. So, okay. Oh, I tell you, we're going to do a whole season on this, right? <laughs> That's often what happens in the podcast is we just think of more podcast ideas. Yes. All right. Um, so the intrapersonal within ourselves. Uh-huh. What are my preferences? What are my wants? What are my dreams? Mm-hmm. What do I want? Um, what am I feeling? 
that's within us. Now, interpersonal is what's kind of outside of us, our connections mm-hmm. with others. So how are the people around me going to be impacted by my choice, my family, significant others? Patty, why would you say this is important information to gather when it comes to decision making? Well, you know, it's interesting because that really does kind of connect to the first one so much in and that it, it does, the people around me are part of my resources and they are part of, of how God um, speaks and shapes my life. I think especially in marriage, such an important piece to understand in marriage for those who are single or thinking about marriage is that there is no choice that anyone who is married makes that doesn't affect their spouse, even if you think it doesn't. Right. Everything we do and don't do because we are one flesh um, impacts the people around us. So how critical it is to consider the people around us. Um, I also think of parenting. I know this is a little ahead of maybe most of our listeners, but oftentimes I will counsel people who their parents are at odds on what to make or how to raise a child and how beautiful actually when they can come together and bring their differences for the good of the child and recognize God has given this child both this parent and that parent for his good purposes and reasons. So, mm. yeah, I think, you know, considering our family, considering considering um, people in our lives, I think the scripture that comes to my mind is in Psalm 16, where the psalmist says, your lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Mm-hmm. The people in my life mm. are your gift to me, whether they yes. keep me from being able to make this decision because I can't because of time, or whether they lead me into this decision because of who they are. They are pleasant boundaries of mm-hmm. my of what I get to do and don't get to do. They either open doors or they keep doors closed. And to recognize that um, it all matters. Yeah, it, it, the interpersonal. So yeah, my choices are going to impact the people around me and the people around me get to impact my choices. I think about this. I think about my, my own life and I'm the college pastor here at the church and I also probably... Many of our listeners are familiar with this. You might not be, but I have like a little flower farm that where I grow dahlias on uh, some family land down near Santa Cruz. Um, you know, I think last year we had almost 2,000 of these plants and we had people come for you picks. gorgeous. I've done farmer's markets. I've been growing them for over a decade now. It's been quite a long time that uh, it's called Vallejo Street Dahlias. <clears throat> and maybe two years ago, um, this is speaking to how the interpersonal mm-hmm. impacts our decision making. Um, I just really had this, I'm, I'm kind of entrepreneurial, you know, I had this itch for us to really grow and expand. Mm-hmm. And so maybe two years ago, I um, I was at like four farmer's markets a week and mm-hmm. I was pretty much doing those myself. Like with San Francisco, I did one here in the cafe here at the church. Mm-hmm. I was doing one in my neighborhood in Fremont. Um, and then we had people that were at, at another one and, you know, on my weekend, you know, from here at the church, I was working, you know, I was working mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, I was working Sunday, you know, Friday, Saturday, um, for the flower business. I was, and this is like seasonal, it's like three months out of the year. And, um, it really destroyed me. You know, I was Take probably working 70, 80 hours you a week. You were not being an embodied soul in that moment, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Max. I spent a lot of time in my car, you know, driving cause the farm's like over an hour away from my house. Oh my goodness. And, um, you know, I mean, my, my wife, my family supported me mm-hmm. in what I was doing, but it just, it took a toll on me. And um, Probably in, intrapersonally and interpersonally. Both. 
yeah. both because, you know, my kids, like I wouldn't, I was not seeing them as much because mm-hmm. I was away at these markets and all these different things, you know? So after mm-hmm. that season, you know, in the seasons kind of late summer, fall, I just said, you know what, you know, this flower thing, it has to fit within the boundaries of my relationships, mm-hmm. which starts with my wife and my children. Okay. And if it doesn't make sense for my family, it doesn't make sense for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was this was a project I'm passionate about. This is something that is impactful um, and that I've been doing for some time. But mm-hmm. all that to say, the interpersonal really drove a marked shift mm-hmm. in my decision making as it came to the flower business. So this last year, we shifted to like a U-Pick model where I went down to the farm with my family mm-hmm. and we we're there together. We work the mark, we kind of work the field together. People come there. And that was a drastic shift because before I was cutting all the flowers myself, which took hours. And then mm-hmm. I would drive and sell them for hours mm-hmm. by myself, you know? So it was really this feeling interpersonal, probably one within myself of like exhaustion. We talked about like time, resources, energy, mm-hmm. I don't have it because I'm overworking. And then interpersonal is I'm not being the person I want to be with my family. Mm -hmm. I'm not spending the time I want to spend with the most important people in my life. And so if I'm making a decision that's hurting Mm -hmm. the relationships that mean most in my life, I'm not making a good decision. So I think that's just a example. If you're listening, I'm sure, Patty, you can think of tons. I'm sure anybody listening could think of something like that where our decisions, and I think at this point, as we're talking about gathering information, we might Mm -hmm. gather information even at this early stage where we get close Mm -hmm. to a decision. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking of one example, and maybe you can speak after this, Patty, but uh, I was unemployed for a year. And um, at one point, I was just considering a number of different things. One of them was working at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't name what school it was. It's a great place. Um, but I was looking at seeing maybe if I could have a, a job there. Mm-hmm. And they were willing to kind of create a role for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had talked for quite a while. We were a little ways down the road. We were pretty far, you know, in discussions. And then we were kind of getting toward the end. And I was talking with the principal. He said, yeah, um, I think we're, we're going to be able to pay $30,000 a year. Mm. And <laughs> I just kind of stopped at this point, and maybe I should have asked about that sooner after we had <laughs> talked so much, you know, and gotten so far down the road. But um, gotten your emotions involved. All you mean? that to say, you know, I live here in the Bay Area, have a family of five. Mm-hmm. Um, not that's gonna happen. Not doing mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. so that piece of information, that information gathering, that got me kind of ninety percent of the way to a decision. Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, maybe. If some other, from some other tools, mm-hmm. like I felt some strong leading, this mm-hmm. is of God, you know, that wasn't there. It was just right. like, I've now received this information where I can't care for my family, family, interpersonal, mm-hmm. and do this role that, that would be life-giving, that would be meaningful. But because of this constraint, mm-hmm. and because of this yes I've given to the relationships mm-hmm. in my life, it's going to be a no here. Yeah. You know, so at this level, even we can start to get mm-hmm. close to decisions, perhaps, depending on the intrapersonal and interpersonal yeah. information we're gathering. The tricky piece is how do we um, how do we factor in what it means to live radically too 
in radical faith. You know, you were talking about those categories earlier of like good and bad and like hard is a different paradigm. It's like a whole different Venn diagram sort of that we're talking about. But I think we're going to be butting up against that at many Mm -hmm. points as we get closer to building a Mm -hmm. decision, right? Is like, okay, this is the consensus that's coming forward and this is going to be tough. Yeah, You know, and so maybe I think we've talked a bit before about like shaking the magic eight ball again, you know, like maybe Mm -hmm. I'll go back and ask, this time, maybe they'll say something different mm-hmm. because what's coming forward is going to be tough. It's yeah. going to require a cost. But I think, again, that's where we're operating in a climate of faith, mm-hmm. right? Of like, if you're going to lead me to it, you're going to lead me through it, you right. know? Absolutely. And as I'm sensing you're leading through mm-hmm. the witness of the spirit in my heart, as I'm gathering information, like we're talking about in this episode and what's coming forward is it's pointing to, yeah, doing mm-hmm. this scary thing, doing this risky right. thing. Um, where it would be easier to not, right. but there's this emerging sense that this is of God, mm-hmm. and um, and God, I'm just believing that if this is what's right before you, that you're going to give me what I need. Mm-hmm. You're going to provide in ways I never could have anticipated. I'm going to see more of you than I would have ever seen had to I not honor yeah. what you've called me That's to. That's good. Yeah. So we have the intrapersonal, we have the interpersonal, and then uh, kind of this third category is the structural, which is just kind of like, what are the institutions, systems, structures that I would be working in? What are their dynamics and how would I fit into those dynamics? Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like the, there's within myself, there's within my relationships, mm-hmm. and then there's systems kind of at this third level. So Patty, what do you think, you know, when you think about structural information, hmm. what comes to mind for you? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting one. I I think, I mean, I, I think I want you to tell me a little bit more on institution systems and structures. Let's let's unpack that for our, our listeners a little bit. Well, I guess what's immediately coming to mind as an example is like is like a workplace. Okay. You know, that's what like I, I've I worked in several churches mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of the things I, I want to understand is just what is it like here? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm. <clears throat> I've had, (laughs) I'll talk about this one. I didn't end up working at this place, but uh, somebody told me about this role. And um, yeah, this is a funny story. (laughs) Um, We're ready for a little laughter. So it was, was, I think for like a, maybe it was a high school pastor position. It was, it was a position at a church and uh, a friend had recommended me for it. And so, and this is kind of, this place is sort of in like a Silicon Valley ish area. And so these people reach out and they say, hey, well, we're going to have an interview mm-hmm. with you. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they give me a call. It's maybe like an hour long. Um, <clears throat> and they ask me questions for like 50 minutes, mm-hmm. probably 55 minutes. And it's it's in-depth questions. It's lengthy questions. Mm-hmm. I'm supplying all these answers. You know, I've looked at their website. I kind of learned a little bit about them. I, you, you look at the About Me page, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff on a church. And... Um, <clears throat> And after, you know, most of the hour has gone, they've kind of wound down and they're starting to say, well, okay, um, you know, we'll, we'll reach out if we have more questions and if we want to continue in the process. And so, you know, I'm looking at the clock and the time's almost out. And I said, um, do, do I get to ask you any questions? Hmm. And they said, not at this time. Whoa. They said, um, if we're interested in you, we'll call and set up a second interview and you can ask questions then. Huh. <laughs> and I wanted to That's say interesting. 
lose my number. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> that's the culture here. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to treat me that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, if this is just about you asking me, and I don't know if it was some corporate efficiency mm-hmm. thing, like we don't know if we're interested in you. And so if we're not, if we're not that interested, we're not going to bother to hear Mm -hmm. your questions. I mean, that's what was being conveyed about Mm -hmm. the structure, you know, and this is what I'm receiving from Mm -hmm. just their process. And so, um, I elected to work somewhere else Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I think they called me back and I said, I'm not interested at this time. That's interesting. You know, so that was quite a, uh, a resounding message yes. about the structure. You know, what does yeah. this place value? What's important here? Mm-hmm. You know, so does the, do the missions line up? Really? Right. It's do kind my of what values sounds like you, align, yeah, with, align theirs. with theirs. Um, and th- this might not come into play in every decision, but it can for a class for sure. of decisions, you're going to be wanting to think about structural mm-hmm. things for sure. Yeah. I think even my process of coming here, um, part of what I was hired to do is care, but also to kind of work with women and kind of raise the water level of women and doing ministry, men and women together. And so that was really important as I was interviewing to what exactly is happening here and, um, and really stalking, you know, not only church documents, (laughs) but when I visited just really paying attention to relationships. So I appreciate that. I think I was initially thinking of a job where I worked for a nonprofit that shifted away from its tethering to scripture and became mm. um, really not faithful to the gospel, and it was time to go. Yeah. But that's more of a of a discernment of what is not right versus a yeah. gray area. So I, that's why I think I thought of the example of coming here and the culture for women, because different churches have different I- ideas of where sure. women fit into the body life, yeah. and none of them are, I mean, hopefully... There's there's a huge area of where we all can agree to disagree on the role of women in ministry, but I think that popped in my mind as a more of a gray area where I would look. Okay, what is God calling me? What do I sense that God is calling me to do in, intrapersonally, interpersonally, and yeah. with those around me? And then does it align with? So yeah, so thanks for I think thanks for unpacking that a little bit more. It's good to think that through. It is an important way in which um, we discern the path. The, right. the way of discernment is, is you have wired me a certain way. You've, mis- you've given a mission to me and to my family. And the structural can be disappointing, yeah. like your example. <laughs> but in the end, it leads to flourishing, right? Yeah. It leads to the best yes that we can find. So right. that's good. I'm glad to hear. And I think, you know, on the flip side of that, in the positive sense, that can be kind of God's smile on a decision. For like, sure. Man, there's really an alignment here. You know, part of that that's kind of emerged from me here at Three Crosses over time is um, people who've heard a bit of my story. I grew up here in the, the Bay Area, the East Bay specifically, which kind of has its own flavor and place. And I've always just kind of thought and just believed I really have a heart for this area specifically. And through all the circumstances, you know, that brought me here. Um, just coming to see that this is a church that really has a heart for the East Bay. Mm-hmm. It's of this area and it has a heart for this area. Mm-hmm. And I do too, you know? And so I think that that can get on board. is an mm-hmm. affirmation Absolutely. of a decision. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even maybe thinking about that at yeah. the time that I've been brought on. But in the time since, I think that was an affirmation of the decision for this season is that's kind of a structural discernment piece of information. Yeah. 
you know, that the, the value, the heart of this place, there's alignment there with mm-hmm. my heart, you know, my unique sense of calling and this place's unique sense of calling. Mm-hmm. And that can get us further down the road mm-hmm. of a yes or a no. It's interesting how that can change, though, too, as I'm thinking about our process in coming here as well. One of the structures that we looked at that was a high value for us is that this would be a better place for our daughter who's disabled. And everything, we, we checked out programs, we met with individuals, we have an advocate that works with us. Everybody said, you could move to the East Bay just for Aubrey. Like, the resources here, the value of adults with special needs, it just doesn't get better. So we moved here thinking that it was going to be a thousand times better for Aubrey, and it hasn't been. Yeah. So even though the structural didn't pan out the way we had planned, my husband and I have so much peace because we visited a hundred pro. No, we visited like five programs. We talked to a lot of people. We didn't decide. It wasn't a, a, a something we were looking. We looked at biasly. We didn't look at bringing Aubrey here with. Oh, I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope it's better. We looked at it like we don't know if you want us here. Is it better or not? And now that it hasn't been better so far, and um, it hasn't panned out the way we, it hasn't led to to the flourishing of her that we anticipated, we're able to say, and we did diligence. It was part of the decision-making. It wasn't the whole decision. And therefore, we're watching to see how God's going to provide for her next. So just to, again, bring the gospel back in that sometimes we do diligence and certain structures or systems or workplaces or programs appear to be one way and they might be different than you anticipated and that God is pleased with the process, not the outcome. I mean, of course he loves the outcome for us, but he's not mad at Jeff and I. He's not looking at us and saying, oh, D minus on structure. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's saying, you know what? I tricked you to get you here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) You did what I asked you to do. You, You made a decision based on all of these intra, inter, and structural wisdom opportunities that you have. And watch me work. It's still going to be, there's still the category of hard. Doesn't mean it's bad. Right? Amen. Amen. Well, I think that concludes this episode of the Praxis Podcast. Um, Hope you enjoyed, found helpful this conversation as we start unpacking the toolbox of decision-making. Uh, and before we close, I want to say thank you again to Patty for joining us. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for having me. So fun. Wow. We are covering so much ground. There's so much more to discuss, and I'm excited about it. I want to go make some decisions. How about yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Look out. <laughs> Amen. Let's make some decisions. Let's go. Well, we hope you found this conversation helpful, and uh, we hope to catch you again on the Praxis Podcast. Bye.